morning, afternoon, evening, and good night. This is not the Editor-in-Chief podcast with Editor-in-Chief of the Amherst Wire, Jonathan Karma. Instead, we have a special interview with one of our politics writers, Faith Cardoza. Um, How about you just kind of give them a a brief description, Faith, of what they're going to be listening to today? Yes. So I had an interview with Professor Paul Collins of the Legal and Political Science Department, and he agreed to talk to me about President Trump's impeachment, specifically what it's going to mean for the 2020 election. Awesome. Here it is. Professor Collins, um, I'm here to talk about the impeachment of Donald Trump. And I thought I could get some of your expertise on the matter. I know you have studied a lot about the Supreme Court, and I think that's more your specialty. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, So Trump was acquitted on February 5th on the charges of abuse of power and obstructing Congress. And I thought we could go into just the origins of Mm -hmm. impeachment. In Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution, it says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And I know there's a lot of debate about high crimes and misdemeanors, so I was wondering if you could go into what that means. Sure, yeah, so you you hit the nail on the head. There is a substantial amount of debate about it. So Mm -hmm. the treason and the bribery are pretty easy, but even that there's some debate. Um, But the other high crimes and misdemeanors part, there's a lot of different perspectives on it. So we saw that play out quite a bit in the um, Trump impeachment. So there's basically two major positions on it. One is that given that language, um, uh, the particular language of high crimes, that it has to be a criminal act uh, mm-hmm. in order to, to uh, meet the standard of removal from office. And the other opinion, which is probably the more well-accepted opinion, is that the criminal, the criminal aspect doesn't have to be there, and rather that a wide variety of offenses to the republic would qualify, including something as simple as a breach of the public trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw that play out a lot. Um, defenders of the president argue that it had to reach some level of criminality. It, folks advocating for President Trump's impeachment and removal were, were arguing that um, his actions did indeed cross that threshold. Mm-hmm. And quid pro quo came up a lot for that. Do you think that fall under high crimes and misdemeanors? Or what at least Democrats were saying in their um, prosecution? So the, yeah, so the Democrats tested that out um, when they were, before they brought the impeachment charges, um, the two articles that, that you mentioned, they were floating bribery, mm-hmm. right? So what they were trying to do there is basically argue that the quid pro quo was a form of bribery. Right. So you may you announce that you're going to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, or I won't give you, you know, this funding that Congress authorized. Basically, you know, you do something or I won't give you something in return. Right. It sort of falls under a pretty common understanding of what bribery would be. Um, So they they played around. The Democrats played around a little bit with bribery publicly and it didn't seem to catch on. Mm -hmm. Right. People had a little bit of a harder time um, conceptualizing that as a form of bribery, a quid pro quo as a form of bribery. 
Um, I'm not quite sure why, uh, but they did. And so ultimately they decided to not add bribery to the charges, which in some way muddled things up, right? Because yeah. then you open up the doors for this debate about do these actions rise to this, this very high threshold of a, of a high crime or misdemeanor? Yeah. And why do you think Trump was impeached over Ukraine? Like what made Democrats, in your opinion, finally decide to impeach Donald Trump over Ukraine where there were like several other instances before, mm-hmm. such as the Mueller report? You know, what mm-hmm. do you think changed their mind. Yeah, so I think there was, there were impeachable offenses in the Mueller report if they were investigated and and if things were made public. But I think because Mueller relied so heavily on the Department of Justice policy that we're not going to indict a sitting president, Mm -hmm. that it, it kind of made that, it blurred the Mueller report. And so people had different Americans took different things away from the Mueller report. Yeah. And so I think anything having to do with the Mueller report, the Democrats looked at as off limits because it was going to be too confusing, right? You've kind of got to get the American people behind you on impeachment. Um, So the Ukraine stuff was pretty clear. Um, You had quite strong evidence, right? Um, Even without the testimony of folks like Bolton, um, you had pretty clear evidence that the president did indeed do this. I mean, you know, I was actually a little bit surprised that that the Democrats didn't rely more on some of the president's own words, like on camera, um, and particularly in those impromptu interviews with the press. So I think that they looked at the, Ukra- the Ukraine situation and thought, here's something that we have very strong evidence that the president did this. Um, we can get it through the House. We can put pressure on Republicans in the Senate. Uh, and, and basically put it in their hands. Mm-hmm. And now that Trump is acquitted, it seems like everything is sort of going back to normal. But do you think that it will embolden Trump mm-hmm. going into the future, such as him firing um, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman? Mm-hmm. I think it already has. Yeah. Um, so I think what you're what we're seeing already is a president who's sort of off the rails, meaning, you know, he got away with what he did in Ukraine and and the Republicans kind of enabled him to get away with it. So there's almost no checks on him anymore. Um, and we've seen that, you know, he's, he's committing his own version of, of Richard Nixon's sort of midnight massacre um, by firing individuals who testified against him. He's uh, attacking a judge who's overseeing the case of Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. He's reversing Department of Justice policy, sentencing recommendations, which is incredibly unusual for a president to do this. So President Trump has long violated sort of norms of decorum and norms of the office. But I think since his acquittal and the impeachment, we're seeing this happen at a more rapid pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's causing a lot of concern amongst uh, various sectors of the American public. And why do you think Republicans are still supporting him after all of this? I think that the the threat is real. And the threat is that if you go against Donald Trump, he will put his political power behind an opponent for you in the Republican primary. But at the same time, they're they're enabling him to do so. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Um, we've seen the, the destruction of norms even before Trump, particularly with um, Senate Majority Leader McConnell. Um, but it seems that this deference to Trump with, with you know, in the impeachment, everyone but Romney um, 
it's due to something, right? And, you, you know, as a political scientist, I'm trying to figure out what is that something. And I, I kind of always land on they're, they're afraid of getting primary. They're afraid mm-hmm. of, you know, President Trump handpicking a candidate to go after them in a Republican primary. And he's basically indicated in a variety of ways that that's, that's the sort of punishment. Um, if you go against him. And that threat's real. I mean, it's more interesting for me to see this play out with somebody like Susan Collins, Mm -hmm. who, frankly, I don't think that she would get beat by a Trump-endorsed candidate in the main Republican primary. Yet, she always ends up, in the end, siding with the president. So you think there's just this fear that um, senators, or basically anyone who goes against Trump in the Republican Party will lose their seat? I think there, it's not just, there's a fear of losing, but it's also a fear of being primaried. So, mm-hmm. so generally speaking, the incumbents don't get primaried. It's, it's quite rare. Or, and can or, you explain what it means to be primaried? Yeah, sure. It, it means um, that the person, so say Susan Collins as an example, right, that the Republican Party runs another candidate against her in the primary election where Republicans pick their candidate for the general election. Mm-hmm. So, you know, generally it's not you know, a hard and fast rule, but generally speaking, um, the incumbents don't get primaried, or if they get primaried, it's usually a weak, you know, it's nothing to worry about too much. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the president of the United States doesn't back a challenger to an incumbent of, of his, his or her party, right? So if you had President Trump backing a, a challenger, a Republican challenger to the incumbent, it'd be an incredibly unusual step. And I think that's part of what um, they're so afraid of. Mm-hmm. And this is the first impeachment in U.S. history where the president is going to face re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think it's going to affect that? So there's no doubt the president is going to run. I mean, he's already showing his cards, right? He's going to run with this idea of, you know, it was all a big scheme by the Democrats to make me look bad, and I won, right? He He... He thinks about the world in very transactional ways, right? So he won in his eyes. He didn't win the way that he had hoped um, because Mitt Romney voted against him, right? In the ideal world of, of Donald Trump, at least in the Senate, it would have been, you know, all the Democrats vote against him and all the Republicans vote support him, right? Um, that didn't happen. So he's the first president to actually have a member of his political party vote for his removal in the Senate. Um, so it didn't quite go the way that he wanted to. I think the president will use this um, towards his reelection, but I don't think it's going to be a major factor, to be honest with you. Um, I just don't see the fact that the president, for Republicans, um, was impeached but not removed as being a, a heavy factor in voting. For Democrats, I mean, they, they took a chance that it would help them, um, and it probably will at the margins. Um, there are a lot of Democrats, particularly progressive Democrats who are unhappy with how Democrats are interacting with the president and they were hoping for something like this years ago um, and they got it. And so, you know, at some marginal level, this might energize the Democratic base, particularly progressive Democrats, to turn out and vote. I mean, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for the Democratic Party come November is, is getting people excited and getting them to turn out to vote. Mm-hmm. And could any president, can they be impeached more than once? Like, say if Trump gets reelected and something else happens, could he be impeached again? Yeah, I would say yes. There's, there's nothing in the Constitution, it's ever happened, but there's mm-hmm. nothing in the Constitution that would forbid it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, there would be something in the Constitution if you were impeached, removed, and part of your removal was that you could never hold federal office again, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a situation where the president was impeached, was not convicted in the Senate, and therefore not removed. Um, I I don't see anything in the Constitution that that says he couldn't be impeached right now. Mm -hmm. So he could be impeached again. Yeah. 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 And will this impeachment set a new precedent for other possible impeachments for any president in the future what was like what was different about this one yeah um that's a hard really hard question to answer so what's different about it that's not too hard to answer um you know we have a president perhaps because of his lack of political experience that really doesn't understand the political process and doesn't understand not only norms of the political system, but also just the fundamental legality. Um, he openly breaks the law, right? Um, soliciting a foreign government to provide you with valuable information on your political opponents is a violation of federal campaign finance law, as the head of the Federal Elections Committee has repeatedly pointed out. I mean, this isn't a black and white issue. This is an illegal act. Um, But the president under the Department of Justice policy can't be indicted um, for that. So, you know, that's one of the big differences here is that we usually don't have presidents that openly flaunt the law. Um, Not to mention, you know, the problems that President Trump has just following sort of basic norms and, and forms of decorum. Um, so it's a little bit hard to say if this will be a precedent for for the future. I mean, I, I don't envision a world where every time you have a Senate of one party and a president of a different party, that the president is sort of automatic, or a House for that matter, is automatically impeached. I don't think that'll happen. Um, most presidents don't teeter on anything that would even be close to impeachment. Mm-hmm. And... In voter minds, I know we can assume that there are people who will always support Trump. What do you think the impact of this impeachment is on voters, particularly those who aren't like hard set on a candidate? Who are not hard set on a candidate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so for the Trump supporters, this probably excites them and they'll come out um, to vote. I, I think for individuals that aren't set on a candidate, I mean, the question is really, are are they set on a party. Um, there's very few true independents in this country. Um, I think, I, I think this is, this could be complicated, a complicated situation for sort of a true independent, right? So if, if this person really doesn't lean Democrat or Republican, they might look at this and I think it, it really depends on what you want to take away from it and the media sources that you're looking at, because you know, if you look at how Fox News covers this, right, that'll give you one picture of the world. If you look at how MSNBC covers this, that'll give you another picture of the world. The truth is probably somewhere in between those two, right? Um, but certainly we all view things through our own biases. Um, in the end, I'm not sure that that this will actually have a huge effect on, you know, someone who hasn't made up their mind. Um, you know, if you, I think if you try to objectively weigh the evidence, there's very little doubt that the president did this. I mean, his own uh, lawyers in, in the Senate weren't really defending him. They were just kind of arguing that this doesn't rise to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor, right? It wasn't really a trial as you traditionally see it, where 
the defense is mounting a real defense, right? They were mounting a sort of legal defense that, okay, well, we'll give you that he did it, but... Um, and so I think for the average person, they would probably, pro I would think it wouldn't sit very well that the president of the United States is seeking election help from a foreign government. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that there were no witnesses in the Senate trial, mm -hmm. that was different in this impeachment, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very different. Um, that can't play well, you know. Again, I, I don't think, though, this is going to be for a truly independent voter. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a major factor because even if you look at this, you can see President Trump engage in similar behavior on an almost daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that behavior involves, you know, using racist slurs against his political opponents you know, attacking judges, firing people who are longtime civil servants, right? Um, you know, he's he's denying facts about the severity of attacks on our armed services, right? Claiming that um, individuals suffering from pretty severe brain injuries have headaches, right? I mean, you, you can observe this stuff on a daily basis. So, so given that, I find it a little hard to believe that this would be something that would truly push somebody over the edge to vote for or against the president. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's all the questions I have. Thank you very much yeah, sure. for the interview. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with new episodes of the EIC podcast, as well as more content from Faith Cardoza on the podcast network. So be on the lookout um, and see you guys next week.